Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. We're beginning our journey through Scripture at the most obvious place. Today we are journeying through Genesis. Now, there are 50 chapters in the book of Genesis, and it covers thousands of years. So uh, don't expect that in these few moments we have together we can cover uh, all of the details. As a matter of fact, really all we can do is get a bird's eye view of this amazing book. But what an amazing book it is. Uh, the name Genesis literally means beginnings. Uh, it's the beginning, of course, of the Old Testament. It's the beginning of what we refer to as the Law of Moses or the, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. It's the beginning of all of Scripture. But if I may step back from that just a moment and say to you, it is actually the beginning of God's revelation of Himself. I was on an airplane recently and a man that didn't know the Lord, very uh, biblically illiterate, said to me, well, I do know the first three words of the Bible. And I said, what's that? He said, in the beginning. And uh, while I commended him for that, I challenged him to read on because the rest of the story is very important. As a matter of fact, the next word, the fourth word of the Bible is in the beginning, God. And I would remind you that all of Scripture is about revealing not things, not events, not people, but it's about revealing God to us. You see, there are many ways to study the book of Genesis. For example, we could study it based on the main events found in the book of Genesis. The first 11 chapters, for example, cover four main events. You have the creation of the world, you have the fall of man, you have the worldwide flood, and then you have the Tower of Babel or the, the confounding of languages and the scattering of nations. So those four main events cover the first 11 chapters in the book of Genesis. And then you could go beyond the first 11 chapters to chapters 12 through 50, and you could study this particular book based on four main characters. We refer to them now as the patriarchs of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then the book ends with the story of Joseph. So you can study events, you can study characters, but the greatest way to study the Word of God is always looking for God. You see, the Bible is God's revelation of Himself. And this book of beginnings gives for us foundational principles about the Lord and about our own lives. I have found myself personally in recent years going back again and again to the first pages of Scripture because these first principles are important to us today. As a matter of fact, the nearer we get to the end of time, the more I think we need to go back to the law of first mention, to the beginning principles. You see, everything began in the book of Genesis. Everything that is in our world except for God Himself. God transcends all. He is the eternal God. He has always been. But God set everything else in motion by His own creative act. He created the world in Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 2, He creates the human race. That's us. Adam was formed by His own hands. He creates marriage in Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 3, God didn't create it, but we find the beginning of human sin. Man rebels against God. 
Amazingly, in the same chapter, we find the beginning of divine salvation as God makes a way for man to be restored. In chapter 4, we have the beginning of family. The first children are born and seen as being gifts from the Lord. In Genesis chapter 10, you have the beginning of nations and government. In Genesis chapter 11, the beginning of languages. In Genesis chapter 12, the beginning of the Hebrew race uh, with the giving of the Abrahamic covenant. It's, a, it's an amazing study to see all that began in the heart of God. All that God did on the first pages of Holy Scripture. One of my favorite authors is a man by the name of J. Sidlow Baxter. Uh, Baxter wrote quite a book about the Bible. And in it he said this, The major themes of Scripture may be compared to great rivers, ever deepening and broadening as they flow. And then he said this, It is true to say that all of these rivers have their rise in the watershed of Genesis. In other words, if you trace all of the great doctrines of the Bible back upstream, you find this fountain flowing from this book of beginnings. Someone has even gone so far as to say that all the major doctrines of the Bible are introduced in the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis. At least in seed form, you're going to find the beginning of so many wonderful things as you study the book of Genesis. Now, I want to give you one verse today. It's not Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. It's found in Genesis chapter 3. I bring you to this verse because I believe that this verse is a key not only to unlocking the book of Genesis, but frankly to unlocking all that we believe from the Word of God. Genesis chapter 3 is the first mention of the Messiah. I love this truth. It's in the context of man's sin. It's in the setting of man's fall in the garden. You know what the Garden of Eden is? It is a reminder that when God could have forsaken His fallen creation, Instead, he decided to step into it for the purpose of making a new creation. Don't you love that? That our God from the beginning was a God of love, a God of grace, and a God of mercy. And here's his promise. He's speaking to the serpent, to the devil no less. And he says in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. Uh, there answers one of the questions of why snakes and ladies don't get along too well, doesn't it? But there's a bigger picture. It's not just the physical. You see, he's talking here about a conflict, a war between the seed of the woman, which was coming, that was Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the seed of the serpent, which is the devil's offspring. Why do you think people like Pharaoh and Herod and uh, people of their like through the centuries keep striking at uh, the nation of Israel or at the promised line? Why do you think they hated Christ so? There was a spiritual conflict going on. But listen to the rest of it. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. Now listen to the promise. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. May I ask you, which is worse, a heel bruise or a head wound? Well, you know the answer, a head wound. A heel bruise is a nuisance. It's annoying. It's a little painful. But it's not life-threatening. It's not fatal. And God Almighty said to the devil in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, you're going to bruise the heel of the seed of the woman. Friend, that happened when our Lord Jesus Christ was bruised for our transgressions, wounded for our iniquities. That serpent struck at Christ at Calvary. He struck at Christ all through His earthly life and ministry. But then... Our victorious Savior turned around and put His foot squarely on the head of that old serpent, the devil. 
When Jesus Christ came out of that grave alive forevermore, friend, he bruised the head of that serpent. And by the way, we're told in the New Testament that soon God will bruise Satan under our feet shortly. He's already under Christ's feet, but soon he'll be under our feet as well. What do you find in Genesis 3.15? You find that a God who could make everything out of nothing can also make something beautiful out of something that is an absolute mess. You know, when David had sinned, his terrible sin with Bathsheba and had murdered her husband, he prayed in Psalm 51 these words, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Did you know in Psalm 51 that David used the very same word, create, that is used in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 for God creating the world? Literally, he was saying, God, I've given you nothing to work with. I have nothing to offer you. But would you create out of nothing, would you create something absolutely beautiful? And I want to remind you, the great message of Genesis is this, that our God, the creator and sustainer of life, is a God of new beginnings. We come to endings. The devil loves to bring people to the conclusion of something. But our God is a God of new beginnings. Let today be your Genesis. Let today be your new beginning. Make this your prayer to the Creator. Lord, create in me a clean heart today. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.